0: Chapter 20, Nick's Secret, Part 2 A black comer pulled up, drawing stares from students and teachers alike. Oh, that's me, Tiago waved at the mammoth vehicle. You two want to ride? Actually, Nick said, do you think your brother would mind taking a quick trip across the river? Jordan and Tiago looked up at her like she'd spoken Japanese. My mom would never let my brother drive her car. She's super protective of it and it gets something like two miles per gallon, so that's a no. The rejection was almost enough to make Nix rethink her plan, but she wouldn't be able to relax until she got over the river. Okay, no worries. Tiago furrowed his brow. So, do you guys want to ride home or not? Jordan looked to Nix, and she shook her head half a centimeter. We'll walk, Jordan said. Let's stand to be grounded at home, you know? When they were alone again, Jordan grabbed Nix by the shoulders. Now you're going to tell me what's going on or I'm taking you straight back to Weatherwax for another hug. Before I explain anything, I need to find Ms. Winkle. The Spanish Sign Language lady? She told me if I needed anything to ask. Nix hurried toward the East Building with Jordan at her heels. And we need a ride to Mr. Urbinex's house. Jordan stopped in the middle of the sidewalk. What? Why? I want to make sure of something before I jump to conclusions. Conclusions about what? Do you even know where he lives? Nix held up a piece of paper with an address scrawled on it. I asked Mr. Weatherwax for this while you filled out your schedule form. The principal has a list of all the faculty and student information. Um, I'm supposed to be grounded, remember? There she is. Nix switched direction and jogged toward the parking lot. Jordan huffed and puffed, but he followed. Nix was out of breath when she reached the tiny green Volkswagen bug. Ms. Winkle was trying to shove her large purse into the back seat. Oh, hello, Nix. She brushed a strand of reddish-brown hair from her mouth. "'Ms. Winkle, I know it's not much notice, but I need your help. I mean, if you can.' Jordan appeared beside her, a little sweatier than normal. "'Hi, Jordan,' Miss Winkle said. "'So what can I do for you, Nix? Nix held out the paper. "'Is there any way you can take us to this address? We heard Mr. Urbanek is having some problems, and we wanted to see if he was okay. It sounded plausible, right? Students caring so much about an ailing teacher that they'd visit him after school?' Okay, maybe it was a little suspicious, but to her great relief, Ms. Winkle smiled. What a nice thing to do. Of course I'll take you, but we'd better make it quick. I don't want your parents to get worried. Nix had expected a request to call their moms. Fortunately, Ms. Winkle was still living in the 70s, when the only thing kids needed parental permission for was to get married. Ms. Winkle stepped aside to let them in. Jordan slipped in easily, but Nick's had to swim through seat cushions and safety belts to get into the back seat how did the woman fit her hair into this tiny thing? The question was answered when Ms. Winkle entered head first, then reclined her seat back at a 45-degree angle. Okay, so her hair only brushed the roof of the car that way. But was she seriously going to drive in that position? It looked incredibly uncomfortable, and her hands barely reached the steering wheel. It was like trying to drive while on a stretcher. There was no way an intelligent person would. The thought was interrupted by her own whimper as Ms. Winkle started the car. On the way to Midland, Ms. Winkle did most of the talking, since Jordan was still irritated by not knowing what was going on, and Nix was too petrified to breathe. If the teacher noticed either's discomfort, she didn't comment. Ms. Winkle carried on in her laid-back position, explaining how she'd finished medical school, only to discover she hated practicing medicine, and went back to college to become a teacher. "'You really have to find something you love.' She pulled to the side of the road. "'I think this must be it. The last number was—' "'Oh, my word!' She sat up, squashing her hair into the roof with a sound like rustling leaves. All three of them gawked at the blackened remains of a forest cabin. It looked as if a giant had swept a club across one side of the house, scattering charred pieces across the forest floors. Tendrils of smoke drifted toward the half-burned trees. Wowza, Jordan said. I'll say he's had some trouble. Relief surged through Nick's. She didn't recognize the area. The dream really must have been a coincidence. Nearby, a female officer sat dozing in a Midland police car. Nix was about to suggest they leave, but Ms. Winkle turned off the engine and stepped out. "'That poor man,' Ms. Winkle said. "'I hope he wasn't hurt.' Apart from being a little misshapen on top, her hair had resumed its former grandeur. Jordan and Nix crawled out of the back seat and followed Ms. Winkle to the house. "'So is that it?' Jordan asked in a low voice. "'McGuckin brought you into his office to tell you about Urban X House?' He thinks I did it, Nick said even softer. Jordan's eyebrows seemed to reach all the way to his hairline. How could you possibly have- Shh, let's go up there. Nick's motioned toward a tree-lined hill on the other side of the cabin remains. She didn't want to be anywhere near the police car when the officer got out. We'll be right back, Miss Winkle, Nick said. The teacher didn't look up from the smoldering ruins. Don't go too far. Wasn't McGuckin mad at you for talking in class? Jordan asked once they were out of earshot. That's what I thought, but it turns out he wanted to accuse me of arson. He actually called the police and wouldn't let me leave. On the side of the hill, Nix found a stump and sat down. The surrounding trees were alive with birds, but the air lacked the sweet qualities she'd noticed in the uppers, probably the smoke. Jordan straddled a rotting log. Your mom's probably freaking out that you're not home yet, he said impishly. No, most of the time I go straight to work from school. Saves me having to endure another lecture. She pulled her legs up on the stump. It felt good after all the running around. Oh, look, Jordan said. At least the washer and dryer survived. Who do you think did start the fire? Nix couldn't answer. Her heart had frozen in her chest upon seeing the wreckage from the higher angle. The trees on both sides now looked familiar. It was easy to imagine the scene lit only by flames that twisted from inside the house. And almost like an echo from the elusive vault, she heard the screams. There was no doubt now, somehow she'd seen it burning. What in the world did that mean? I'll bet it was high school dropouts, Jordan said. I heard Hani has some real problems with vandalism. Bet they stole our Wolverine too. Jordan, Nick said in an odd voice. Remember what I said in chemistry before McGuckin took me out? She felt something bubble inside her. She didn't know if it was fear or excitement, but it was making her stomach do backflips. You mean about your nightmare? Somebody getting trapped or something? In a fire. What do you mean? Jordan, last night I dreamed I saw this cabin burning. Jordan laughed. Are you sure you didn't just... He trailed off when he saw the tears on her cheeks. What does it mean, Jordan? It doesn't make any sense. You're serious? Nick swiped her nose on her sleeve. That's why McGuckin and Crotty thought it was me. I knew about it before the police did. Jordan opened his mouth a couple of times without making a sound. First I see people who aren't there, Nick said now? I'm having visions? Jordan folded his arms and rested his chin on them. After several moments, he looked back at Nick's. Is this for real? Do you get what it means? Hey, you kids, what are you doing up there? From around the back of the ruined house walked Mr. Urbanek and the female police officer in the tan Midland uniform. Flip, Nick said. We better get out of here. We're just taking a walk, Jordan yelled down. Well, clear off, the officer shouted. This is a restricted crime scene area. Sorry, Jordan called. We didn't know. Nix took him by the elbow and led him back down the rise. There you are, Ms Winkle said. You two don't need to worry. One of the officers filled me in. Other than some smoke inhalation, mister Urbanek is fine. Nick speed walked to the bug. Is it okay if we go now? My mom is probably super worried. Miss Winkle unlocked the car door. Didn't you want to find mister Urbanek? We already saw him, Jordan said. He's doing great. Oh, maybe I'll go say hi. Miss Winkle stepped away from the car. No, Nick said. She cast an urgent look at Jordan. I just remembered, Jordan said. I'm supposed to watch my little sister. She's probably home alone right now. Well, we better go then, Ms. Winkle let Jordan in the back seat. Nick thought she saw something in the teacher's eyes like she was trying to work something out. They were really going to have to stop pressing their luck with her. Ms. Winkle pulled onto the street. A Woods Cross patrol car rolled up right beside them, sitting in two front seats were Officer Crotty and Vice Principal McGuckin Miss Winkle waved and rolled down her window. Neither of the men got out to speak with her, but McGuckin did make eye contact with Nix. Why was he smiling? No one said much on their way back over Honeysant Bridge. From her reclined position, Miss Winkle puttered down the road at ten under the speed limit. Not that Nix was complaining. Amy didn't seem bothered by the alone time. They found her on her beanbag chair with a PlayStation controller in her hands. Nix and Jordan went straight into Jordan's bedroom. "'Hey, Jordan, I'm hungry!' Amy called from the TV room. Jordan cracked the door and yelled down the hall, "'Then get something out of the fridge, helpless!' "'My cord doesn't reach that far!' "'Nice try. I know you're using the cordless gamepad!' Jordan closed the door and his expression turned serious. "'What?' Nix asked. "'Do you think you were sleepwalking?' "'Sleepwalking? Fifteen miles away?' "'How else could you have been there?' I don't think I was actually there, Nick said. More like I saw it in my sleep, knew it was going to happen. So you predicted the future? I guess, or the present, depending on what time the fire started. Jordan closed the blinds as if worried the neighbors were watching them have a conversation. Do you think you could do it again? Do what again? Tell the future, Jordan said, as if it were obvious. I can't believe we're talking about this, Nick said. Even if I really did predict the future, which I doubt, I don't actually dream very often. Jordan rubbed his palms together. That's not true. Everyone dreams every night. I read it in a magazine. Well, I don't remember mine then. Nix wondered if she could have dreamt that guy behind her in the mansion bathroom. Was it possible that some of those memories hadn't been real? You should take a nap on my bed. I'll come in later and wake you up when your eyes are going crazy under your lids. That means you're dreaming. Then you can write down what you remember and we'll see if it comes true. Eyes going crazy? Was this a science fiction magazine you were reading? Trust me, it'll work. Jordan left and Nix reluctantly cleared off his bed. Granola bar wrappers, a book on Greek mythology, what looked like toenail clippings. Ew. At that point, she lifted the entire comforter and flapped it, sending everything onto the carpet. Then she lay down and closed her eyes. Twenty minutes later, Nix found Jordan in the kitchen making omelets. Your lips are looking better, Nick said. Pretty soon you'll be back on the kissing roster. Wait, you have to sign up? No wonder I'm not kidding any. Nix rolled her eyes. She hated how boys talked about getting some and scoring. So barbaric. Tiago would never talk like that. At least she hoped he wouldn't. Not that it would affect how she felt about him. You're supposed to be sleeping, Jordan said. I was about to check on you. There's no way I'll be able to sleep. My brain's going 500 miles an hour. Jordan made an angry toddler face. Well, as long as you're up, he slid a delicious-looking omelet onto a plate and handed it to her. You're my favourite person ever. "'Where's mine?' Amy called from the living room. "'It's amazing how she's completely deaf until she hears the word food,' Jordan said. "'It's coming. Hold on!' Jordan hadn't given Nix a fork, so she began eating her omelette like a taco. "'I guess that's that,' she said with her mouth full. "'It was just as well.' "'She'd soon forget the whole visions of destruction thing. "'It wasn't doing anything for her anxiety level. "'It was probably a fluke anyway.' I still think you should keep a notebook by the bed. Jordan cracked another egg into the pan and set your alarm for some time like 3 a.m. when you know you'll be in a deep sleep. Don't have an alarm. How do you get up in the morning? Nick shrugged. If I ever sleep too long, my mom bangs on the door. You can use Amy's clock. It's not like a nine-year-old really needs an alarm anyway. I'll make sure she's up. Nick sighed for a moment and had been such a relief not to have to worry about it anymore. I don't know what you're hoping to prove. I'm not going to predict anything else. Jordan waved the spatula mystically. Yeah, but what if you did? I mean, you could make a fortune in the stock markets. Catch a criminal before they act. Nix narrowed her eyes. So you believe in fortune tellers, but not ghosts? Or you could find a criminal before they act again, Jordan said. Maybe you'll see when Sarah stalker will come back for her. Nixie, I don't know what's going on with you right now, but it's awesome. Nix smiled. If Jordan believed so much in her, maybe she could go along with it a little longer. You sure Amy won't mind me borrowing her clock? Jordan shook his head and flipped another omelette onto a plate. But I don't think we should tell any adults yet. They'll probably admit you to some psychiatric hospital or try to medicate you. We'll keep this our little secret. What secret? Amy asked when Jordan brought her the omelette. I'll tell you if you promise not to tell anyone, Jordan whispered. For once she actually paused the game. What? No, don't tell a soul. It's time you learned that video games turn your brains into frog poop. Jordan ducked, so it was Nyx that got hit in the face by a controller.